Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here talking All Star Weekend. And it was a mixed bag for the Knicks. And all in all, not one of our favorite All Star Weekends ever. Jalen Brunson makes his All Star game debut, also competes in the three point contest. Jacob Toppin got robbed in the dunk contest. So we'll get into that. And all in all, this, this All Star Weekend just was not very great and filled with some. Uh, some moments both unsavory and just seeming like they were rigged or whatever else. It was just not oh, overall not a fun time. So we're going to talk about it next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that subscribe and auto-download function on your favorite podcast app or the subscribe and notification bell on YouTube so you never miss an episode, even during All-Star Week. So we're still here for you guys every day of the week i'm alex wolf i'm editor-in-chief of nick's site the strickland so you can find strick.land and he's gavin shaw your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster and uh your favorite nick made his all-star debut gavin uh jalen brunson makes his debut plays 17 minutes and change scores 12 points dishes five assists shoots five of 12 did not quite have it going from three in this one had a hilarious uh, dunk and hang on the rim in the all-star game and uh, gave Knicks fans at least a little something to sort of enjoy in this game. I don't know. Otherwise, as just a basketball fan, I kind of found this all-star game to be annoying and not very fun. <laughs> yeah, I got to say going going in, I didn't have a great feeling about this in terms of how Jalen Brunson was was going to perform. I, I think it, it's honestly somewhat similar to Julius Randle, though a, a little different. Like if you're if you're not a monster athlete or or physically overwhelming, um, even even in an all-star game setting where there's no defense, you either have to be really hot from three, or if you want to play like Jalen Brunson style basketball, you actually have to play hard. And when no one else is playing hard, it, it, it's tough to justify you playing hard and, and, and the way he operates with how much time he takes and stuff, just not really the right setting for his game un- unless he just got cooking for three. And it seemed like, um, I, I don't know if he was just a little nervous or his legs were a little dead, but like everything was coming up short, missed his first three in the first half, um, missed two in a row to start. The second half did have some nice moments, including a dunk where he hung on the rim. And you and I were joking about before Luca was Luca was calling for a review. I'm like, what do you what do you want reviewed, buddy? There's nothing nothing wrong with our short king dunking the basketball. But yeah, not not the greatest game uh, for Jalen Brunson. And uh, outside of uh, some incredible shooting, or, or, or you, you you might disagree with this uh, from Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard, uh, not not a lot of fun stuff. Not a close game. No Elam ending. Uh, big thumbs down. And this is coming from someone who uh, typically loves the All-Star game. So just a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I think we can we could table the Elam ending thing and the lack thereof for when we talk about what overall was wrong with this All-Star weekend at the end. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to at least highlight the good stuff. But yeah, there was some good shooting performances. I think my overall gripe, just if I want to just focus it just in on like the game itself and not like big picture stuff. I, I maybe this is just me like turning old now, you know, and being like a curmudgeon and letting the game pass me by or whatever. But I miss when the all-star game was all about like 
T-Mac throwing it off the backboard to himself for a dunk mm-hmm. and like guys trying to like get up for alley hoops and like all the crazy stuff that you see in games that makes you pop during a game like that used to be what everybody's always looking to do during the all-star game and now I just kind of feel like it's like guys haphazard like it's like a big joke where like the guys that don't normally dunk just kind of haphazardly go for dunks like Luca gets stuffed by the rim and like Jokic barely gets one over the cylinder you know whatever like all those fun little like haha he he moments you know but there's no like or at least not, there's not as much as there used to be of just like the best athletes in the world going and just like throwing it down as hard as possible. And can, can I throw something at you in, yeah. in regards to this? Are, are there not as many great dunkers anymore? Because I'm just going through the roster and the guys I would call like at least theoretically great. Maybe I'm missing someone. Great dunkers on both teams. Donovan Mitchell uh, for the East and Anthony Edwards for the West. And is that like as long as the list goes, like, I mean, we, we can talk about Jalen Brown. I, I would say probably the worst finalist in dunk contest history. Jason Tatum can throw down a big one on occasion. Paul George in his prime certainly could dunk, but like and LeBron had some, LeBron was the one guy who was trying to and had, had some thunderous ones, which had his age is incredible. Giannis has like some force, but in terms of like, like I, like when you said T-Mac, I thought of him and Vince Carter. I'm like, there's really no one like Anthony Edwards is probably the only guy I would put in that category in this game. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's not as many, like, dunk contest good level mm-hmm. guys, but, like, just guys that can, like, dunk the basketball. I think there's, like, yeah. I mean, like, AD can throw it down, like, just on alley-oops. Like, give him, like, a two-handed alley-oop. That's fun. Like, off the backboard, you know, running down the lane and just toss it off the Cat backboard. That was, weirdly, the one guy who was doing it for the West outside of Braun. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just It just felt very bizarre that, like, nobody really feels the need to do that anymore. And I always thought that that was kind of the most fun thing. Like mm-hmm. I like watching guys just shoot like 800 threes just doesn't do it for me. Like, I don't know. It's fun if they're making a few, like if they get super hot and a guy makes like five in a row, fine. Okay. Then you could be like, oh, it's like, it's like NBA jam. He's on fire. haha, ha, So fun. You know, but then it's like, they take like attempt number 30 and it's just a normal spot up three. And you're just like, come on, man, <laughs> like do something different. Like sauce someone up, get inside, hit a reverse layup or something like anything. And I don't know, the defense level was just way more comically bad than usual this year, I feel like. Like, usually, even before the Elam ending, it always seemed like guys would, like, find their sense of pride around, like, the late third quarter, early fourth, and would at least start pretending to defend and be like, oh, maybe I'll win this game. And, like, I I, I don't know. It just seemed like none of that was there this year. And, you know, that I don't know if, you know, to bring it back to Brunson, I mean, I didn't really see any of that out of Brunson, but he clearly was, like, trying to, like, appreciate his first opportunity there granted he wasn't exactly playing shut down tibbs defense or anything but you know i don't know he seemed a little more invested in general i guess and there were some players that were like that but for the most part i felt like we just saw a bunch of guys just kind of having a shoot around and it's like i don't know i just again maybe it's just me being old and like curmudgeonly but like i just feel like the all-star game used to be more than that yeah well i think i think last year was just as bad but to your point like the all-star game has a ceiling of being something incredible and unique. Like I, I think of the first Elam ending year, the year Kobe died. And like, they're really like you, you get to see the pecking order of the NBA play out before your eyes in a way that like, there's just like, like the Olympics is probably the closest thing, but like, there's no other way to replicate that when you see like, all right, who, like when push comes to shove, like who do these coaches think the five best guys are? And, and it's usually not, 
the five guys that start, like who is running the offense? Like it's usually like for years and years, it was LeBron on one end and, and Kobe on another. And like Kobe calling LeBron uh, a couple of words I can't say on this podcast because he was like refusing to shoot down the stretch of an all-star game. And like, and, and, and you just see, like, I remember, like, was it Embiid, like in that Elam ending year where like he kept trying to like score and like the, the LeBron's team was like shutting him down pretty well. And you're like, all right, like in, in these ultimate moments, like this is a guy who, who would go on to win an MVP, but like, can he get it done against Anthony Davis? Like a hundred percent totally locked in it. And, and more than Brunson, like having like a cold shooting night, that's almost what I was looking for out of him. Like, all right, like how often is Doc Rivers playing him? And I thought it was interesting. Like he played him like the longest in the first half of any of the bench guys and then didn't put him in the whole third quarter. So read, read from that what you will. Um, and, and then like are, are his teammates looking for, were they trying to get him the ball? It was like, sort of like, they were also trying to get it to Maxi more. And like, there's a bit of like, just whose game suits the all-star game. But I, I do think there's something telling about like how much guys around the league, like what they really think about each other and maybe not in his first, but like in future all-star games, like I wonder if Brunson becomes like more and more of a fixture and someone who gets a chance to have a Damian Lillard type of night, like maybe two, three years down the line. Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like there's sort of like a uh, like a payoff system. Yeah, yeah, initiation first off, and we sort of saw that with Randall, like his first mm -hmm. year, like he barely touched the ball. His first year as an All Star, and then second year got a little more. But Randall's not. I don't think his game is really built for an All Star game. No. Like, and we've seen that the two times that he's been in it. But yeah, Brunson in theory could be built for the All Star game, and he got a decent amount of attempts. But he kind of knew that like he wasn't going to get fed enough to like win the MVP or something, and became pretty obvious early on that they were like, okay, we'll let Dame win this because yeah. like he's a longtime all-star. It'd be cool for him to win it. You know, once he started off hot, I feel like if you're one of those like five plus year tenure guys and then you start a game hot, then like you're going to get that opportunity to, you know, win the MVP or whatever. So it was clear that that's how it was. But that's also another thing that just kind of, I don't know, takes you out of it a little bit. It starts to feel, and I mean, I say this as a lover of pro wrestling, but it starts to feel like pro wrestling at a certain point where you're just like, this is a predetermined outcome. They've decided that Dame Lillard is going to win the all-star MVP. Like, you know, at, at how fun is that at that point? If it just kind of seems like everybody's just kind of going out of their way to pass it to a certain guy and get the players on the other team are getting out of the way so he can take wide open threes and like pad his stats. It's just, I don't know. They need to... I think bringing the Elam ending back and adding some sort of stakes to this thing again would be helpful, but they got to do something like it's almost like reaching NFL Pro Bowl levels of like not working at this point where yeah. I feel like they're going to have to do a total overhaul sooner than later. We, we can talk about it more third segment, but I, I think they, they have to find a filthy rich sponsor, maybe someone they wouldn't normally let associate with the NBA throw, just put $50 million down. Like, 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 but we can cut, we can cut through the brass tax. We can throw out a million suggestions. Like you put crazy money down, even for these guys, like they're going to play their butts off. And that, that would be incredibly cool to see because it's been about two decades now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we have another thing to talk about that was not super fun at All-Star Weekend, which was Jacob Toppin getting absolutely hosed in the dunk contest uh, by a bunch of crooked judges that were probably about as as loyal as, what was it, the Soviet Soviet judges in the 80s or whatever? Oh, point. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah pro probably about as, about as uh, on the up and up as those guys. Uh, but first, Gavin, I got to let everybody know about our good friends over at Grammarly. 
So no matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. And all those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And let me tell you guys, Grammarly is, is pretty useful as a podcast host because we have to do a decent amount of writing on this job. I know we do a lot of talking, maybe too much sometimes, but we also have to uh, create titles. We have to create descriptions for episodes and you know all these different little things, promotion on social media, stuff like that. Having a tool like Grammarly can be super helpful, even if it's not the final you know, result that you end up going with, at least getting you started on writing something, super helpful to have an AI companion like Grammarly for something like that. And better writing means a stronger impact. So 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing in context, Grammarly provides relevant personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations if you have to be sending lots of emails and stuff. So if you want to make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly, sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Gavin, we're back in to keep talking through this All-Star weekend, and we were working backwards, so we talked about the All-Star game. Now it's time to talk about All-Star Saturday night. So I don't know if we have to really talk too much about Brunson. You know, like he had a pretty solid score, but it was a really stacked three-point contest this year. So a score of 24 does not advance him because like eight dudes scored 26. Um, and I, he ultimately didn't end up getting it. Damian Lillard gets that. I guess this yeah. was just Damian Lillard's his last rack, we should say. Like had had yeah. a great chance to get through. And yeah. I think one one for five on his last rack, I'm pretty sure. So tough, tough weekend for our boy. A little, little tough, yeah. But we could bury that because the real lead here is Jacob Toppin got robbed in the right. dunk contest, man. <laughs> I mean, he does two really impressive dunks. One jumps over his brother, Obi. And clean, like clean, mm -hmm. does not not throw the hand down, gets it fully up and over and like gets himself fully up and over Obi and grabs the ball, kind of did like a little double pump and then a dunk that way. And then his second dunk, man, was insane. It was like, sick. It was yeah, sick. Yeah. Super sick. Like takes mm -hmm. off from pretty far away from the hoop, uh, does a 360 through the legs, puts it down. I mean, just insane I and mean, it was it was reminiscent of of what obi was doing a couple of years ago and we have heard for years that jacob is the better dunker uh unfortunately we did not get to see that play out because all the judges gave him like i don't know it was like the lowest score they were willing to give anyone was like a 46 um so everything was like you're getting somewhere between 46 and 50 and so jacob got like all 46s and 47s on that somehow and then jalen brown jumped over kai sanat and freaking uh horribly horrifically botched it the first time off a terrible toss from jason tatum and then the second time yeah <sighs> tries to do a a tribute dunk to d brown and <laughs> forgot to do the the cover his eyes thing until he hit the ground and then did it and then everybody's like oh he did the tribute to him it's like no he didn't he didn't do anything he, he just he messed up the tribute to he him. jumped over a seated youtuber like what are you doing like or a streamer i think kaisen had is more on he, he should have should have jumped over john corrales that would have been more impressive seriously or done yeah. literally anything other yeah. than just a straight up jump over a seated person dunk like what is this like 1972 
Like that's not impressive anymore. And yet he still got like a 48 for that somehow. Didn't he uh, get, he got higher on that dunk than Jacob did, right? Or was within like a point. Of yeah. Other. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he like, he edged him out by like half a point or something or like yeah. point, point three or point four or something like that. It's just disgusting, man. But it seemed pretty obvious to me that basically the goal here was get Jalen Brown to the final uh, because he was the only all-star and he's the only all-star that's done that contest for the last like three, four years. So get him to the final, get Mac McClung to the final, which to be fair to Mac McClung, he actually deserved it. He put on some really good dunks and got scored way too low. Like his first dunk was something that's never been done in dunk contest history. And yet he got like a 46 and a half on it or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, so he makes it to the final Mac McClung to the credit of the judges, I guess did get the win when he fully deserved it. But Tatum was terrible, man. He's got to be the worst. Brown. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Tatum wasn't great either. He threw yeah. a bad pass. That's still what yeah. I was thinking about. But Brown was bad too. <laughs> Brown was worse because he was actually dunking. My bad. I mixed up my Celtics. Either way, not a great dunk contest, Gavin. No, no, it wasn't. It was a bummer because I like, I maybe I just haven't been put paying close enough attention in recent years, but Jacobs felt like one of the best dunks I've seen in the last five years. And I like, I like stood up. It was like, Oh my God. And I thought, I thought he was gonna get like a 49 because I thought they're going to knock him for the, for the second time. But to your point, like there was really like no room for error because like, even when guys screwed up or had mediocre dunks, it was like, Oh, 48, 47. Like, and it just, it created this like bottleneck where you, you had to be perfect. And then, I don't know, man. That was I. I really think Jalen Brown was like, "All right, I'll do it," but like, I'm not. I'm not losing to G Leaguers like in the first round. They're like, "Yeah, yeah, it'll be in the final." Like that. That that is like. I hate to say that. I'm not. I'm not really a conspiracy guy. Um, that's that's what it felt like, and that's that's pretty much as far as my thoughts go. Outside the fact that I I also thought uh, Mac McClung's last dunk was dirty. Like like the drop and catch and finish. If that was his last, he had a, he had a few that were um, spectacular. So. Uh, Shout out to Mac McClung, like maybe maybe a career dunker, um, but a really good one. Yeah, the drop catch and finish was his first one. Right, that was right. the one where he caught it midair. The last one was when he jumped over Shaq. Yes, and cleared yeah. Shaq clean, which is yeah. crazy. Like that yeah. is that deserved the full score. Like like Shaq is not a small human. I do wish yeah. someone would have called out Weminyama, like because Weminyama was there. I, I was waiting for it and just I I honestly like the way he takes care of himself. I bet he said no. I bet people asked me. He was like, nope, not going to do it. No I mean, probably also like yeah. McClung, like even for how high he can jump, I doubt he could have fully cleared him. And he probably him being a dunker probably was like, I don't want to have to do the shoulder, the hand on the shoulder thing to get over yeah. you. So like I'd rather clear Shaq clean than have mm -hmm. to, you know, go that way over you. Because, uh, yeah, Women Adams got like another like five inches on Shaq, which is insane. Um but yeah, yeah, Mac McClung definitely deserved it, man. I mean, I just thought, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen a dunk contest where there was so clearly an objective to get someone to the final, which just made it feel really dirty, like to the point where like the indie fans were even like openly booing both Brown and the judges. Yeah. And they had to like play it off, like in the interviews going into the final bit, like Ali LaForce went up to Jalen Brown. I forget how she like tried to frame it to be like, Oh, they were booing. Like, what do you have planned for the final round? Like, blah, blah, blah to like, yeah, you know, yeah. Was your score too low? Maybe the fans think so. Yeah. The fans thought your score was too low or something. And, and it was like, no, they thought that his scores were way too high and that he doesn't deserve to be here, which is why they're yeah. booing him. Like, I don't know, man. It was just, I feel like there's got to be some of the pageantry brought back to the dunk contest. Like, I know people got like, 
a little annoyed when everything became a little too prop heavy after a while. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we need to go back to the prop era a little bit. The middle like, ground just, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just no, there's no like showmanship to it anymore. It's just, it feels boring. Like to like Brown's first few dunks, especially just were like, Oh sick. He just did a dunk. He could have done in a game like cool. And like one of his last ones, like he puts on like a Michael Jackson glove just to show that he could dunk with his left hand, I guess, which that's never been in question, buddy. Like nobody's questioning if you can dunk with your left hand, they're wondering if you could dribble with it. So maybe next time, like, Pull a couple dribble moves and see if you can get by a defender with your <laughs> can left. You imagine and it's like a couple, a couple of announce the crowd. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would. Can you imagine if he had done that? Like saw someone up and like, like that would have like, been great. Is at least at least it would have been some self awareness, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he really should have just been like, okay, I'm gonna pull out like Patrick Beverly or something, and he'll be in on the joke, but I'm gonna like nutmeg yeah. him and then like get by and get a dunk, like yeah. with all of my left hand. Never touch it with my right. Like that would have been defense better. though. If he screwed that up, like he would have had to retire. Like, oh, absolutely. Been like, absolutely. Been like, I'm giving up, I'm giving up my $300 million contract. I'm sorry. But would that even be that much worse than what actually ended up happening? Yeah. <laughs> like he just know. embarrassed himself by being terrible. I mean, but that's, so. that is the consistent, uh, like we can talk about in just a sec. That's the consistent issue with the all-star break. No one wants to look bad in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is it. I mean, it's, I don't know, guys need to take themselves a little less seriously, but also like go out there and think like, Hey, let me actually put on a show for the fans or whatever. If I'm going to actually show up here. Cause ultimately all-star weekend is supposed to all be for the fans. So, you know what? Let's like, let's take our last break real quick anyway. Cause we got it. Now it's time to air our grievances. We haven't done airing our grievances in a while since like before Christmas. So mm-hmm. this would be great. We can, we can uh, complain about something. Uh, but real quick, Gavin, you want to let uh, everybody know about our next favorite sponsor today. Yeah, Alex, we're going to talk about our buddies over at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventures to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drivers and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is room for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure shop, NissanUSA.com. And we are back on Locked On Knicks, Gavin Shaw. Alex Wolf uh, taking you through our grievances uh, with the All-Star break. But because we're going to go on a run of grievances, Alex, I have to say the one thing that I thought was pretty good. I had a lot of fun and almost always have fun watching the three-point contest. Pretty dramatic down the stretch this year with Damian Lillard ultimately taking. And then the thing I had the most fun with was New York's own uh, Sabrina Nescu uh, dueling with Steph Curry. This was a late addition. Um, she challenged him on Twitter. He said, you know what? Like, to Steph's credit, and like, I mean, what does Steph have to gain from this? He said... Let's make it happen. And I, despite um, some of the comments from from Kenny Smith on air, I thought it was a pretty spectacular moment. And like somewhat, I may be extraordinary is overstating it, but like I'm just going to call it gutsy from from Sabrina. 
because the downside there was so immense. Like if she comes out and gets an eight, like I don't want to say that sets women's sports back 10 years, but it's not, it's just it like there are people on the internet that are gonna make the most out of that. And instead she comes out and hits like 10 of her first 11 and is absolutely cooking. And you can absolutely see the greatest shooter of all time in Steph like sweating. And before the tournament, like the NBA came out and announced, okay, she's going to shoot from the WNBA line. He's going to shoot from the NBA line. She says, no, I want that smoke. I want the NBA line. And she kills it and, and ties the high score for anyone not named Steph and in the theater of like it being in doubt down the stretch and Steph just cooking and finding a way. Like I, I thought it was all spectacular. I actually liked Reggie Miller's um, idea that a year from now, like if we're, if we're going to get into fixing it for next year, like get Caitlin Clark involved, get Damian Lillard involved, expand it a little more. Like I, I know it was an add-on, like I'm sure for some people, like it felt like shoving the WNBA down their throat. But like, to me, that was like pretty easily the highlight of all of all-star weekend. Um, just in terms of sheer drama, like I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Well, you know, it's actually, that's a great segue to go from like a good thing to a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause yeah, it was, it, I thought it was really cool too. And I mean, like props to Sabrina for going, you know, through with it and like uh, putting on a great show. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think you're right. Like, you know, if, if she had come out there and, and laid an egg, like that would have just given a lot of the terrible people on the internet, all the ammunition they needed to be more terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet she went out there and like stood on business and like put up a huge score and kicked a lot of ass and probably shut a lot of people up. Uh, except for Kenny Smith, of course, who, yeah. uh, look, I'm going to say something that people say on the internet that I don't believe in, but it, Kenny Smith essentially got on there and said, like, get back in the kitchen. Like, that was essentially the TLDR of what he said on the broadcast, which was insane. I mean, she went out there and she matched all of the best, you know, all of the the best, almost all the best scores of the men's competition that had, that had just preceded it. Yeah. And then he proceeded to just be like, well, she should have shot from the women's line. Well, why? Like Reggie Miller, to his credit, was was challenging him well. And it's being like, well, why? She just got 26. That was really good. And he's yeah. like, well, she didn't beat Steph. And it's like, well, Steph is the best shooter to ever live across all of sport. Like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, yeah, sure. She didn't beat him, but she took him to the limit. And it took him having like a phenomenal money ball rack on his last rack to win the thing. Like, are you, is that a joke? And then he just doubled down and tripled down. And it was disgusting, honestly. It was like just listening to him keep going. It was just like, dude, did, uh, did you just like crawl out of Reddit this morning and like decide to commentate on a basketball game? Like, I, I don't know, man. Like it was or not even Reddit, like 4chan. Like, where did you crawl out of today, Kenny Smith? Like, it was terrible. It was honestly, you want to talk about things that possibly set women's sports back 20 years. It was having a really great showing and a really great product out there. And then having one of the most prominent male basketball commentators that exists go on there and just take a big crap all over Sabrina and what she had just done and essentially just turn what was a really fun moment into like a moment that clearly was antagonistic to a lot of people in women's sports and made them feel like, okay, well, this is why nobody takes women's sports seriously because you have people like this that are given airtime and don't like have their mic cut when they're talking like this, you know, and it's like, it's just purely disrespectful. And like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm like, I, like I don't watch the WNBA much because honestly we watched the Knicks all year and I kind of enjoy having a little time off from basketball during the summer sometimes. And I don't watch a ton and you know, whatever, but 
I certainly would never be like, oh, they're invalid and anyone who likes it is invalid or, or like, you know, they, they're less than because, you know, whatever, like, I don't know. It just, it was really icky. And, uh, hopefully the NBA takes a little time to be introspective about it and think about who they trust with presenting that event next year, because clearly you don't want to have someone who has, who has clear sexist undertones in their, in the way that they think about things, uh, commentating on a, a man versus woman event that was meant to just being good fun. Um, but yeah, it was, that kind of sucked. So that was, it was a, a fun thing that turned immediately not fun once Kenny decided to just turn it into a sexist tirade at the end. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. I've, I, I just got a fun idea while you were talking. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there as, as a way, because like, let's just say my, my earlier idea of, of someone putting down 50 million for who wins the all-star game is not feasible. The winning team at the all-star break, the players on said team no longer have the 65 game limit for making all NBA or winning awards. And what do players love more than anything? Having their ego stroked and not having to play too much basketball. And that satisfies both of them. Um, and, and because I mean, at least I know Adam Silver had some comments this weekend that given the new rule with injuries and stuff, maybe we should no longer tie contract incentives to all NBA and MVPs and stuff. That's all fine. But like, while it is like, there is like potentially like 50, $60 million on the line for these guys making all NBA. So I wonder if that's a wrinkle that would light a fire under everyone. Maybe. I mean, that's, uh, I, I don't know what it would take. I mean, they're, yeah. they're certainly, they're dumping enough money into like the in-season tournament, for example, and trying to find tons of money for that. So if they're willing to do that and find all that money for the in-season tournament, then maybe they'd be willing to try to fundraise a little bit and find a big sponsor to, you know, put together a big prize pool for the for the all-star game too but i guess the the only thing there that's kind of crappy with that is that then you're saying like you have all these guys that are already making like every person that's in the all-star game generally is making like like an average salary of 35 million dollars or something so then you're really going to be like hey we just fundraised like 40 million 50 million dollars i mean it'll incentivize maybe maybe the money goes to their teammates and their teammates are just like f you like run run <laughs> get back on defense yeah maybe yeah i mean that you fill the lower what, bowl with every player in the nba and they're just screaming <laughs> yeah because i mean that's what they were saying with the in-season tournament like a lot of the stars were saying like hey it's just it's cool because we could potentially get our like end of bench guys like a big 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 bonus that's like mm -hmm. doubling their salary this year yeah uh, whereas most of the rest of the guys are like eh, you know it's like another game check that's fine i guess but like i don't know for the all-star game i do think that maybe if they get a bigger pool and it gives more money to charity and i don't know i like i thought that that was really doing a good job of kind of saving the all-star game for a couple years where it was like it was like you know uh, they they felt like they had something to play for because each team had its own charity that was local to the area but that clearly like the guys that sort of like voted on or whatever and like decide like yeah let's give our money to this and then you know they had like the kids from those or it was usually like boys and girls club was one of them and yeah. um there was like another one that was like i don't know i forget i forget what they also are. also was done by quarter i think helped a lot because like they were yeah. so hard every quarter. so like yeah. you would you would win each quarter and give money to your charity then and then the final score gave more money to charity and then i gotta just go back to two like the elam ending like why did they get rid of it it was so much more fun like it's a, i don't want that for every basketball game but for the all-star game it was a fun wrinkle like i 
I can understand, you know, it is fun. It's a fun way to play basketball. I'm too much of a traditionalist to want to do that as like the end all be all of a basketball game. Just because I think like there's something sort of anticlimactic about like ending the game on like a hack foul free throw. Like, and just being like, well, that's it. Like, there's no chance for redemption there. There's no two seconds left on the clock to try to get your like tying basket or whatever anymore. Like, that's just it. That's the game right there. And that's how one of the all star games ended, which made it a little anticlimactic. But sometimes it ends on like just a shot where a guy just hits like a three at the end and it's like, bang, that's it. Like, you're done. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, I just called game, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. it's fun for an all star game setting. And it, it reminds me more of then like, just going to the pickup court and playing to 21, you know, where mm. it's like someone calls game, hits it to 21, and that's it. Game's over. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why they got rid of that, but they, I feel like that's one thing they definitely need to bring back. Yeah, I, I want – I've said it for years on this pod, and I'll keep saying it. I, I want I want a one, one-on-one contest. I don't know who you'd get for it, but, again, like if, if you're not going to pour big money into an all-star game, like pour a lot of money into that because you only have to give it to one person. Like if, like if there's $10 million on the line, like I think – you're getting everyone out there. And that is something I think everyone would tune in for and would be, you just, I mean, the whole point of this is you want competition, right? And like, like I'm like, I, I think everything should be geared towards that. And it was clear Adam Silver wasn't happy last year. It was clear, like anyone who listened to his post-game comments today sounded pretty beaten down. Like it, it's, it's not easy to motivate these guys. And of course the priority should be that no one gets hurt in a game that ultimately doesn't matter. But like, even to up at like 20, 30%, like for years and years, we had competitive all-star games with no one getting hurt. So I don't know. I, I think there should be a way to make it happen. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Like the one-on-one thing, my only thing is like, if guys are afraid of getting embarrassed in like the dunk contest or whatever, like, yeah, I don't know. It creates way more opportunity to get embarrassed in the one-on-one competition. Like you would have to ensure that it was just all like the creme de la creme of the players that were in that. Mm-hmm. And just be like, all-stars only, like guys could submit their name or whatever. And like, maybe you could even do it where guys have like, okay, tell me this wouldn't be kind of fun. Like if guys had to, if you want to create the prize pool and you could still have it be for charity or whatever, but mm. guys would have to like ante up to get into the tournament. So oh, that's like, good. That's what if really it's like eight yeah. man tournament and like all the all-stars get an opportunity to put, put down like a blind bet on how much they want to put in to like get yeah. into the tournament. And then you've only got all-stars against each other. And then one player might be like, I will give a million dollars and it'll go to charity. That's nothing but good PR. So then even if you get waxed in the one-on-one, you're still yeah. giving a million dollars to charity. It still looks good for you. Uh, but then, you know, you get like the top eight guys, seed them by who donated the most money or whatever. And I don't know, there's no home court advantage. It's a one-on-one game, but I don't know. That could be kind of fun. Maybe that's an no, idea. Cool. I'll send that to Adam Silver. We'll see if we can get <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right when we get off. Yeah, call yeah. him up. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's pretty much it for me, man. It was uh, it was certainly a weekend. It was it was All Star Weekend, but now, luckily, the Knicks get the rest of this week to get healthy. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, starting uh, Monday, the day you all are probably listening to this, maybe we'll start hearing some rumblings from Knicks practices and stuff as soon as like Monday, Tuesday, about who might be potentially heading back post All Star break. Hopefully, we'll see some Julius Randle news, OG Ananobi news, all that good stuff. No matter what comes out, we'll be here for you guys this whole week to get you there. Uh, but until next time, thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.